It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Baseball Party. Only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, welcome into the Atlanta Baseball Party, your home for the best Braves baseball talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batiste. Alongside me are Grant McCauley, Jarvis Davis, and Jake Mastriani. Time to get this party started, guys. And it's a party again because... Now this NLDS series is tied 1-1. Now the Braves come back, of course, in game two. For me, I know maybe for you guys as well, was absolutely epic. That 5-4 win now puts the Braves in position along with the Phillies for this decisive game three tonight. Question for you, Jake, start us off. Could the comeback be the thing that finally wakes up these bats for good and for the rest of this series? You certainly hope so. I mean, that's the thing obviously was lacking through the first, you know, game and a half of this series and you're going into a very, you know, hitter friendly ballpark. So I think that could help as well. But uh, I mean, the Braves are going to win in the series, win in the postseason. And there's no doubt that offense has to play like the offense it was in the regular season. Now you got another tough customer in Aaron Nola on the mound. Uh, on Wednesday. But uh, again, this offense, certainly you saw the momentum shift at the end of that game. Now you come out slow in, in game three and like in a postseason, momentum can change on a pitch, on a swing. It can swing, you know, go back in the other direction. But certainly, right. you know, what what happened in game two, you feel like the bats are starting to, to get, you know, back right and heat up a little bit. Yeah. What about you, Grant? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. And you really want to see these bats kind of follow up from where they were because you just knew that the Braves they're just flying out better than they played in the first game. And certainly through the first five innings of game two. And talking to Max Fried after the game, he said, look, we felt like it was just a matter of time because we've done it too much this year. And we've been honestly too good this year to keep playing that way forever. So you just needed some sparks. And I think Ronald Acuna Jr. provided some of those. Clearly the big home runs, which is a huge part of the Braves offense from Travis Darno from Austin Riley. Those were the big hits to get the runs going. But when you talk about, as Jake just said, one swing, one pitch, one play, Michael Harris II certainly proved that when he started the first ever 8-5-3 double play in postseason history. So anything can happen, and you can be just one pitch away from things going your way or things swinging back in the direction of the guys in the other dugout. 
Yeah, Jarvis, I think for me, I probably watched that play 277 times and counting because it's just (laughs) that amazing. I love it. I love it. But also, I think Grant makes a great point. It's, you know, we liken it to football where we call it a game of inches. But if you think about it, even in looking at that particular play, you see that it's a game of inches. Or when you look at those powerful swings, it's like one inch here, one inch there. You never know how it could have gone. So, yeah, do you think that now after 15 innings of just drudgery and the Braves woke up, they're awakened for good for this series. Um, I don't know if I can't. I can't answer that question because it's just like what Jake said. Like one swing, one swing, one pitch. Yeah, it could swing in the favor, but if you just looking at you know some of the post game comments from the Phillies, they were like, yeah, we got punched in the mouth, but you know we've learned to take punches and, and, and come back, you know, ready to roll. That's why I feel like the Phillies are going to be ready to go, especially coming home and from that Rockets crowd. I, I think they're going to be. The Braves are going to have to continue to somehow figure out a way to carry that momentum over to this game. And I think that, you know, when you have a guy like Ronald Acuna heating up, getting on the bases and, and, and running, you know, running the bases like he did in, in game two, I, I, that's what we want to see because it's, it's kind of, this series kind of, kind, of, kind of been kind of weird to me because looking at how the Phillies are getting, getting on base and stealing bases and, and Rob Thompson talking about, yeah, we're going to take some opportunities, you know, to steal bases when we can. And when we see the, see those, those from an analytical standpoint, see what those opportunities may be, make sure we take advantage of them. And I was like, hey, this is how the Braves are supposed to be playing. But it's just the fact that you just couldn't get on base. So we understand that, you know, going forward, if it all starts with the nephew, Ronnie, like I, that's how I feel. I feel like he, if he's setting the table, just getting on base – whether it be taking a walk like he did or um, the other night, or whether it be just, you know, putting the ball in play and just putting the pressure on the Phillies because you can't be in a situation where you got Zach, a guy like Zach Wheeler. Obviously, Aaron Nola's going to be on the mound, but you can't have him eight, nine, ten strikeouts and, and guys are just swinging at the first pitch. Make them work. Make them run that pitch count up if you have to. So I think that, you know, in order for this to continue, I think they have to show a little bit more patience at the plate because I saw Mar- Marcelo Zuna was kind of looking like the Marcelo Zuna that started the season versus the guy that we saw, you know, progress to be one of the second half MVP of this team. Yeah, now, I- let me ask you guys something, and, and it's probably a follow-up to that, Grant, but definitely make your comment as well. You know, you hear the the rest or rust um, kind of debate, if you will, especially in basketball more so than any place, but do you think that had anything to do with kind of this – slow start for the Braves and that now that they have gotten past sort of that rust um, time frame that maybe we're over it or do you think it may be something else is at play? Yeah, I don't think it's anything bigger than that. I mean, when you take five days off and the team that you're playing gets to go out and play a team that is trying to beat them, I mean, they did the best they could with the time that they have. And I certainly feel like they used their time a lot more efficiently than they did a year ago. But a couple of things to you know, kind of go off of what Jarvis was saying. And one thing that makes the Atlanta Braves so good is the fact that they do hunt that first pitch and they are aggressive and they do that while also being in the bottom five or six in all of major league baseball and strikeouts, but yeah. it does put the ball in play. And that is a thing that they need to do. And I don't know that they necessarily have to alter their approach, but another interesting thing about Ron Lacuna jr. Is that he wasn't the guy who was out there with a three for four night and getting on base the old fashioned way. But he drew his walk. He came around to score. The Phillies made a mistake. He made him pay. That puts the pressure on. That's exactly what you're talking about. And for the second yeah. straight year in a game two scenario, Ronald Acuna Jr. got hit by a pitch and ended up scoring an important run as the Braves were able to go ahead for good. So those are the kind of things that can happen, the little things. And that's what Travis Darno said before the series started. The little things are what's going to help us win this series. We know what we're capable of. We know what they're capable of. But 
as, as I guess the saying goes, the devil's in the details. And you know this crowd in Philadelphia is going to be just as raucous, if not more so, than what we just saw with the two largest crowds in the history of Truist Park in the yes. first two games of this series. And A.J. Minter said, as much as I love pitching in front of my home crowd, my sold-out crowd, I also love pitching in front of a raucous sellout crowd on the road and silencing that crowd. Yes. I hope he yes. gets the opportunity to do it. And if he does, I think the Braves are going to be in a pretty good position. I think so, too. And, you know, Jake, one of the things that encourages me, too, that maybe these bats are up for the rest of the series is, and I always go back to that X factor, right? The X guy. This time it wasn't quite like a deep X, like sometimes we'll say it might be Arcia or um, maybe, you know, someone like, yeah, like an Orlando Arcia. That's my guy. That's usually the guy. I'll just be honest. That's one that I usually kick out there. But this time I'm going to make it Austin Riley because when that big bat comes out, I don't know. It just makes me feel much better. And obviously it was the defensive play of all time that really, you know, uh, made the difference, but also his batting. And then looking at his average at the plate, the 54 appearances against Aaron Nola, 412 batting average, five home runs, nine RBI. I'm just going to go with if that's what we can get out of that guy. And he showed us that in the game before. I'm just hoping that that's what he takes up to Philly as well. Yeah, me and Grant talked about this on the postcast as well. Coming into the postseason, you knew Acuna, Olsen. Those are your two MVP candidates. You yes. know what they can do, but it's in the, in between those two. And, and Ozzy's been great. He's been getting his hits, broke up the no-hitter in game two. But it really was Riley. What are we going to get from him, a guy that's – you look at his numbers on the season, they're really good. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily MVP worthy up where Acuna and Olsen are, but not many are, but still a really good season. And he's a guy that's capable when he gets on a run to go get really hot and carry an offense. And if the Braves get that Austin Riley and Acuna's going to get, I know he hasn't been getting the hits, but like I said, been getting on base scoring. If he's doing that, you know, Ozzy keeps doing what he's done, which, you know, by the way, since he's come back from injury, he's been really good yeah. average wise. And Olsen, you know, he started the rally of the night, got a big hit as well late in that game. You get those four going at the top of your order. I mean, this lineup, as we know, can be very deadly. So that's a good sign. You know, great point, you know, mentioning Austin Riley. I mean, if he gets going in between Acuna and Olsen, you can really see this offense start to get back to, to what it was in the regular season, which is one of the best offenses we've ever seen. Yeah, and real quick, guys, I just wanted to ask you guys, speaking of offense, in Tuesday's divisional round games, Astros took a game, a two games to one lead over the Twins with that 9-1 to one win. Rangers got a 7-1 win over the Orioles, and they actually swept them. Oddly enough, a team that hadn't been swept the entire season gets to the postseason and gets swept out of there. But it was a, it just was very much a stark contrast, like 7-1, to one, not a competitive game. 9-1, to one, not a, a competitive game. Did those results surprise you guys at all? of what happened in the divisional round over in the American league. Yeah, it definitely did. I knew the Rangers were a team that, you know, they had to fight for their lives just to get into the postseason. Yes. They they're highly motivated yeah. and it's all about getting hot at the right time and everything yeah. clicking. But I expected the Orioles much like I expect the Braves to kind of back up the fact that they were the team with the best record in their league. So that surprised yeah. me. The other thing of course, is the Dodgers series. They needed starting pitching in the worst yes. way. Tried to address <laughs> Lest it. I forget them. <laughs> it didn't work out, and now they have their backs firmly against the wall against another team, an upstart in the NL, and that's the Arizona Diamondbacks. So some really fascinating results thus far. Yeah. American League side, it was definitely surprising for me to see the Orioles get knocked out. And on the NL side, while we've got ourselves a series, Phillies and Braves, the Dodgers, I mean, they're one game away from their season being done. 
And it's really incredible, too. You look at the Orioles, Dodgers, Braves, three of the best teams in the regular season, all struggling mightily to score to start these division series. I don't necessarily think that's, you know, a coincidence, but uh, certainly Dodgers are in tough shape. Orioles already out. And that Astros team there, like the Rangers, they were fighting there till the very end, winning that division on the last day. So they were playing good baseball coming in. But, yeah, been some surprises for for, so far for sure. Indeed. So now. I was just going to say, just add to real quick, Corey Seager, that $300 million, $300 million contract that he got in the offseason is looking really good right now. It's paying <laughs> off right now because he's been mentioned in the same conversation as Barry Bonds as far as how many times he's walked in this series. So, yeah, that type of, that's the type of stuff that, you know, gets you into a space where, hey, you're making it to the ALCS for the first time since Uncle Ronnie was the manager. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So when we come back, we'll go deep with the crew, of course, in a minute. But first, Jarvis is going to tell you how you can actually take control of your health with Jace Medical. Post licksing up. How about this, guys? You know, if you've been wondering how to, you know, how you need to take care of yourself and, you know, be not be stuck in a situation where you need some some medical care and you don't have that, you don't have it, Jace Case has got you covered. Guess what, guys? Because you go to jacemedical.com and you get $20 off uh, you by using the promo code Locked On. What is Jace Case? I'm going to tell you. Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace Case to fill out a simple online form and, in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians. So get ongoing, ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. So you have to worry about that. So people, I want you to don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves. And they're the loved ones. I'm a parent. So I want to make sure I take care of my babies um, during the unexpected. So Jason handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So here's what I want you to do. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the promo code locked on. You're going to get 20 dollars off your jace case don't get caught unprepared people indeed don't get caught unprepared that's kind of something that we hope doesn't happen tonight right not at the plate or in the outfield and we saw that in game two it looked like especially from that sixth inning on it just really looked like the braves were prepared they were focused and things were really rocking and you know we we look at that amazing 853 play to end the game right we look at the monster home runs from travis darno from austin riley But into the details, into the details was the bullpen. They held the Phillies through the last couple of innings, except for, of course, that just one unearned run that was charged to Kirby Yates. But when you look at what that bullpen was able to do, it really kind of makes you think about something that we kind of started a conversation about last week, and I wanted to circle back to it this week, the night shift 2.0. And are you guys seeing this bullpen round into that. I mean, Grant, it, to me, it was very exciting to look beyond what we saw at the plate, what we saw in the outfield and say, yeah, that bullpen, it's starting to come, it's starting to shape up. Yeah. And look at what they did in this first or in their first couple of games, but particularly in game two, Max Reed went four high stress innings, yes. that meant five innings at least had to be covered if the brace wanted to, you know, have this game play out the way that they needed it to. And True. the bullpen had to answer the call and they did it time. And again, Kirby Yates, the one unearned run. Travis Darno said after the game it was a physical mistake, not a mental mistake on that throw to second. It let the Phillies get an extra 90 feet. It resulted in a run. But what did Travis Darno do? Well, he came up with a two-run homer and kind of erased that. But these guys, mm-hmm. and I had to ask A.J. Minter about it because he's the last active member of the night shift who's available to the Braves. Tyler Matzik's rehabbing. 
So he's not going to be opening the door or coming through that door when the bullpen door swings open in these high leverage spots. But you start to look at the group of Bryce Iglesias, of Joe Jimenez, of Pierce Johnson, of A.J. Minter, and maybe a couple of other guys who can step up and throw some important innings. This has the makings of the kind of group that could do what the 2021 club did. So I do feel like, and A.J. said, I'm kind of biased, but I believe the bullpen wins the World Series. So that's what we've got to do. This is our time to step up and do it. And I've got a lot of faith in the guys in this group to get it done. Yeah. And Jarvis, I like the moxie of this group too. I love listening to AJ Mentor. I don't know if I can repeat Hart's and I guess I'll just put fill in the blank, but I like Hart's and fill in the blank uh, of what he's <laughs> saying, because to me, it feels like they know they're rounding into night shift 2.0. And, and, and just going back to and, and kind of rehashing what we, what we talked about there, talked about the guys that he's brought in that Alex Anthopoulos brought in during that, during the trade at the trade deadline, right? Joe Jimenez, Pierce Johnson coming from the Colorado Rockies. Everybody's like, oh my God, his ERA is ridiculous. But yeah, come out of that park in, Col- in Colorado, you know, where the elevation is a little high, the ball travels a little fast, farther, and let's see what he can do. And I think that Alex Anthopoulos is the type of guy that's going out and finding those gyms and these guys coming out with clean innings to get you to the space where Michael Harris can make that play, where Austin Riley can, you know, uh, get, get you back into this game and, and have an opportunity to win the game late in this, late, late on, later on. So I, I think that this is something that I feel like is really shaping, rounding into shape. You, you're starting to see those guys. You got A.J. Miller talking about like, yeah, this is, this, this, is where we, this is what we can do. Bullpen can't win this game. So I love, I love hearing guys talking about that, saying, hey, they're taking – they're taking uh, ownership of, hey, we can do this. We can help this team get to where it needs to be. So, yeah, I'm I'm all on board for it because Alex Anthopoulos, once again, you know, making the necessary moves to help his team, not necessarily right then and there, but in the long run when it counts, that's why I, that's what I'm talking about. I, I'm loving I'm wait. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and I think the Joe Jimenez trade might have looked like it wasn't paying dividends in the first couple of months, but he turned it on in the second half. And there are going to be some highs and lows for everybody out of that bullpen. But talking to Pierce Johnson about coming over to this Braves club and just what he was able to do, the difference, and not just pitching in Colorado, but the style in which he did it. I mean, he said, look, the Braves asked me what I throw. And I said, fastball and curveball. And they're like, good. We want you to concentrate on throwing just those two. Don't try to diversify anything else. You know, we believe you're going to have success here. And they just let him go out there and be himself. And yeah. for a variety of reasons, including change of scenery, he's been able to go out there and do just that. So the Braves will be counting on him as they continue through the postseason run for as long as they can. Yeah. And certainly it's big the other night with the bullpen. It's kind of the unsung heroes. You talk about the, the home runs and the great defensive play, but that bullpen keeping them in the game against a really good Phillies offense. And, uh, you know, the big part of the Braves being able to come back and win that. And you kind of compare the night shifts. And look, nobody felt great about that 2021 bullpen going into the postseason. And I think yeah. a lot of people thought coming into this one that maybe that would be the weakness of this Braves team is that bullpen. But look, I trust Rysel Iglesias more than I did 2021 Will Smith. You know, AJ Minter is still there. You're not going to have another Tyler Matzik, and I think that's the one thing that's missing here is just another big dominant left-handed arm. If you could get that, you'd feel so much better. But you got Joe Jimenez from the right side, and as Grant said, he's been much better in the second half. And then you compare, you know, Pierce Johnson uh, with Luke Jackson, and Jackson had the big curveball wipeout, or or, sorry, slider, and and Johnson has the big wipeout curveball. I mean, two good pitches that can get swings and misses. So I think they're somewhat comparable. Uh, right now when you look at the two and certainly they've been great and it is going to be a a pin and those four guys in particular that you're gonna have to lean on a lot and that might also be something that grant said earlier maybe an overlooked positive and an overlooked jewel from game one because although the bats didn't do a thing for the braves the bullpen kept saying hey we're gonna we're gonna keep it you know we're gonna keep it three nothing 
And hopefully you'll be able to come on the ride. But I think that was also a positive that Grandin mentioned about that bullpen and giving them some credit of being maybe one of the positives from game one. Now, of course, we know that the Braves have officially announced that Bryce Elder will indeed be the starter tonight. This will be his first start of the postseason, his postseason debut, albeit up in Philly. And I was just wondering, because, again, we talked about this last week, and I know you guys may have even touched on it on the podcast. Is it going to be Bryce Elder? Is it going to be A.J. Smith-Shaver? Which way does Snit go? So why do you guys think that Snit ultimately decided to go with Elder for game three? I think the biggest reason why was the part of the biggest part of the success that the Braves had in the first half, or one of the biggest parts, an all-star first half, belonged to Bryce Elder. I won't yeah. say anything was bigger than what was going on at the plate, quite obviously. And Spencer Strider had an incredible season, but you weren't trying to figure out Spencer Strider later on in the series. You knew he was going to get out there a lot sooner this time around. So what was going to happen after Max Fried and after Spencer Strider in whatever order and with Charlie Morton not available, I feel like the Braves were looking at the scenario to see where were they going to be after two games? Were they going to be up 2-0? Were they going to be in the 1-1 position they're in right now? Or were they going to have their backs to the wall rolling into Philadelphia and trying to figure out how exactly they're going to do it? Because at that point, it's all hands on deck. You might start Bryce Elder, and I think to a certain extent it might still be tonight, but the mm -hmm. leash in the postseason is a lot shorter than it is over the course of a regular season because you're not the stakes are not nearly as high. So we can still see A.J. Smith-Shawver play a role in this game. Obviously, the bullpen can be deployed in a variety of ways, and Brian Snitker already said, we're going to lean on some guys in every single game because that's what we're playing for right now. And the off days in this series, quite honestly, they allow them to do that. So I think that Bryce Elder just represents trying to have that continuity and a piece of what the Braves did so well all year long. He was a big part of that, a big contributor, and I think it could be a motivator, a shot in the arm for a kid that got a little bit of rest, too, at the end of the season. So maybe he's recharged after throwing a career high in innings. We always I would say, what are, what are the options? What, what are the options that the Braves have? I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not great at the moment. It's, it's Bryce Elder, who's 24 himself and has had some struggles here lately, or it's a 20-year-old uh, that doesn't have a lot of experience at the big leagues. So, I, I mean, the Braves, you know, they would love to have Charlie Morton. They would have loved to have a healthy Kyle Wright. It's just not the situation. And Bryce Elder's been there. He had a great start in Philadelphia earlier in the season, so he's certainly capable of getting it done. But that's just the, the, the plate that the Braves have right now with their starting rotation. And because you have Strider in game four, that bullpen we just talked about, you can feel pretty confident and comfortable using them if you need to and, and pulling that plug early on, on Elder if he just doesn't have it. So uh, again, they're just there weren't a lot of great options, but certainly Bryce Elder is one who you know, has done it. Uh, he's been out there in Philadelphia, like I said, and had a good start there. So I, I always thought it was probably going to be uh, the, the pretty easy choice to go with Bryce Elder to at least start the game. Yeah, Def, definitely the right choice because when you think about Brian Snicker, like Bryce Elder, like, yeah, tell the two halves. Yeah, we talk about how so many guys, you know, got off to a slow start and then on the second half of the season, they kind of came on, came on, but it was the exact opposite for Bryce Elder. But like you said, he was the catalyst, one of those guys, like the, the, the stabilizing force in that starting rotation in the beginning of the year to, to get you where, you where you need to be to have the best record in baseball. So for me, I felt like there was no other choice. Like, like you go with Bryce Elder, and like you said, just the playoffs, you know, you can exhaust your bullpen with days off being implemented in there. So you, if, if he struggles in the, the first couple of innings or the first three or four innings, you know, yeah, you, you got some guy, you got some options, so you can go that go that route. So yeah, I'm not too surprised. Brian Snit went with with went with Bryce Elder because you know AJ Smith Sharper. Yeah, I feel like he's a good option for you, but like I feel like that's the guy, the guy you go to when somebody's hurt or 
you, there is, you're in a situation where you need some long relief and, and you kind of go that route. But yeah, Bryce Elder was definitely the, the right choice. Yeah. And while you hope you don't need an AJ Smith Shaver tonight, at least you know somewhat you have him in his back, po- have him in your back pocket. So I think that's a good look as well. And listen, all we can hope for is that Bryce Elder does what he did for my birthday and he gives us another gift. He gave me seven innings of scoreless ball against the Phillies and I want him to give me either a late birthday gift or an early Christmas gift on the mound tonight. So we shall see. It's an early 507 pitch. I know we're going to all be there for it. Now, if you want to talk more baseball one-on-one, you can actually get your fix right here with Jarvis and Subtext. Guess what, guys? I need y'all to join Subtext. Subtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta. Subtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta. That is the website I need you to go to if you want to get in, whether it be baseball, football, Falcons, dogs, whatever you want to do. Any type of question. You can ask me, you know, what I'm eating for dinner. Like I might I'll respond. You know, it might take me a little while because you know I'm a big man. I like to eat. So yeah, go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta if you want to. Do a little extra. You want to go into overtime with Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hey, anytime you can have extra conversation about the Braves or really any team in Atlanta, who would not want that? Now, guys, let's talk a little seventh inning stretch and kind of look a couple hours ahead. We know that the Braves, of course, were really good on the road this season, 52 and 23 to be exact. But this might be one of the toughest, if not the toughest road test of this entire season so far. So let me ask you this. Tell me what your key is to this game in order for the Braves to go up 2-1. I think the number one thing is this offense needs to pick up where it left off because as we talk about pitching and the importance of that and obviously the plans that the Braves have had to make and the alterations that they've had to make because of injury and the role of the bullpen, look, all of those are going to be keys to victory in October. But when you have a historic offense the way that the Braves do with multiple MVP candidates and with power up and down and with guys who I really feel like, I mean, the moment is not too big for the majority of guys that you're going to see rolling out there in this Braves lineup in October, you know, those moments are where legends are born. So as we saw with Michael Harris making a terrific catch, that's one way to become a legend. As we saw with Austin Riley hitting a go-ahead home run in October, that's another. And look, you're not going to win the series, the entire series in one night. So I think being present and and being, just, again, in that moment is what the Braves are going to need to do. And offensively speaking, I think it all starts with Ronald Acuna Jr. at the top. If he can get on, be disruptive, score runs, however it happens, I think the Braves are going to be in a pretty good place. And they've got some guys that are capable, again, one through nine, the depth and the quality of that depth of doing something that I don't think any other lineup in baseball can do with all due respect to the Phillies, who certainly have their own sources of power and guys who can come up with big moments. They showed that against Miami, and there's a reason why they're here in October as one of the final teams playing for a World Series championship, something they got oh so close to a year ago. I think for me, I'm watching the first three innings of this game. We talked about all the momentum coming out of game two, and that can very easily easily be flipped. You come out and go down one, two, three in the top of the first, and the Phillies come back and put a run or two on the board, and they get all the momentum in this one. Uh, you know, it, it could you know lead to a Braves going down two to one in this series. So I'm watching those first three innings. What does Bryce Elder look like? Can he keep them in the game? You know, for three, four innings even and then get through a lineup twice and then turn it over to the bullpen. So I know the Braves had a comeback last night. They're certainly capable of doing it, and I can see this game turning into a slugfest. I know Aaron Nola is good, but he's had his ups and downs uh, this season as well, so the Braves can certainly get to him if he's not as sharp as he was in that wild card start that Nola had. But uh, I'm, I'm really watching the beginning of this game to see if the Braves can keep up that momentum from game two or if the Phillies you know, snatch it right back and what does Elder look like? How much can he give the Braves in this start? Yeah. 
be prepared for the Phillies to punch back because they're going to punch back. Just look, looking at the word, looking at the the comments from um, Bryce Harper after the game, he was just like, "Yeah, man, I took a, uh, to try to take advantage of a of a situation, and you know it didn't work out." He said, "Essentially, I got the feeling that he he would do it again." So that's just how those guys' mindset is. Like the Phillies, like as much as I wanted the Braves to play them, like they are a scary lineup. Those cats, JT Real Muto, those guys can give it to you. Trey Turner, all those guys, they up and down that lineup, they can give it to you. Like I said, but like Grant said. I still take the Braves lineup all day, every day, but just be make sure they be prepared for those guys to say, hey, we need to jump on these guys early, and this time we're going to have to try to finish this bad boy out. So if the Braves can, like you said, nephew setting the table, getting on base, being the disruptive team that we used to still seeing because it seemed like the Philly kind of stole that identity, right? We talked about it earlier. It's just like we're going to be able to take advantage of these base pads like because we have the guys to do it. And I think that if the Braves can come out with that mindset – and, and, and Bryce Elder gave us four or five innings, maybe five. I really feel like the Braves will be in a good shape in this one. And I think it's the run production for me. Like, I just, I want to see that Braves team. And I want to see it from the beginning because I agree with you guys. I think it's important to apply pressure, apply pressure to Aaron Nola, apply pressure to that vaunted bullpen of the Phillies and apply pressure to that lineup that you guys just mentioned and say, okay, we're and when I say we meaning the Braves, okay, we're Ronald Acuna Jr. We're Matt Olson. We've got two MVP candidates, and then we've got backups to him, Austin Riley. And like you said, we could go all the way up and down that order. Yeah, you've got Rio Muto, you've got Harper, you've got Turner, but guess what? I'm taking these, you know, four, five, nine over those, but kind of show and prove that because what we don't want to see is another. 0 for 5 situation where you've got runners in scoring position and you know you have an opportunity to really put foots on necks, especially at the beginning of the game, and you don't. Just get at them early and often and then make them play uphill and make them chase you so that at the end of this game, we're looking at a 2-1 situation in favor of the Braves. Now, that said, guys, at the end of tonight, who at the end of the day and at the end of the night, who needs to win this game the most is the is the most pressure on the Braves to get this win for what it means for the rest of the series, or is it on the Phillies? I think this one's actually on the Phillies. I mean, with the, the pitching matchup that you have, knowing that Strider's coming in game four, and I know Freed wasn't great in game two, but you got to imagine he'll be better if there is a game five. I think there's more pressure on the Phillies to win this game and get that advantage, knowing the pitching matchups you have in the next two games. Yeah, I would put the, if I did a percentage here, Fifty-one percent on the Phillies, forty-nine on the Braves. Yes. Yeah. yes, all behind on the road. But this is, as Jake just pointed out, like their opportunity to step forward and take control of this series. You come out and do the thing we were talking about earlier, and kind of silence that crowd. Maybe score a bunch of runs earlier. At the very least, figure out a way to win that baseball game. And you're the Braves. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have flipped that entire scenario right back in your favor. And that home field advantage that has been volleyed back and forth. Now the Phillies have it. They've got two. The Braves have one if they can get back to that one. So yeah. it is kind of a little bit of an insurance policy, but I don't think the Braves are playing for game five. I think they want to put this thing away. And if to do that, they've obviously got to win game three because that's how math works. And if they can win on a day Aaron Nola pitches by trying to piece things together behind Bryce Elder and their offense and what the bullpen can give them, I think they'll feel a lot like the Phillies felt in game one when mm-hmm. they were able to beat Spencer Strider with Ranger Suarez being done before the fourth inning was. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take my objective hat off now. Now I'm about to turn into Jarvis Davis, the lifelong Braves fan. Like for all of our blood pressure sake, this the Braves have to win this game because we know, like we've seen this movie before, right? We we've, we've seen the the Phillies 
steal our souls last year. I don't want to see that. I don't want to feel like that again because, you know, even after going back and watching the game again from game two again, I still was upset. I still found myself upset seeing guys like Barcelos who strike out at the plate and, you know, what, 14 straight scoreless innings and all that stuff. I still was mad, even though I knew the end result. So, yes, from a Jarvis Davis fan's sake, please, Braves, let's get this win because you know from a Braves friend, heart, blood pressure, we don't want people going to the hospital and stuff like that. You know, we don't want, as good as Grady is, Grady Hospital is about handling the emergencies, we don't want people going to the hospital because the Braves have lost this game and, and they and they about to get ready to go home and take a vacation. So, yes, yes. this is on the Braves to win this game. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Braves country will be watching indeed. And, yeah, I don't want to have to pull the covers over my head again either. So, yeah, hopefully we'll walk away with a W. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think the Braves are in position. And I, I saw something, not that I didn't see it after game one, by the way, but I just saw something as game two wore on that looked to me in their eyes, in their body language that looked to me reminiscent of the team that won 104 games and of the team that won 52 of them on the road. So that's the team that we're hoping to see tonight. We will be watching. And I know you guys are going to be excited to talk to Grant and Jake postcast because they're going to be talking about a dub. Anyway, appreciate you guys stopping by and don't forget to check out the entire locked on sports Atlanta channel on YouTube. Thanks again. Check out the guys on Postcast tonight. It's a good look. And don't forget, of course, tomorrow, stop by the Atlanta Sports Party because we're going to download on this and all Atlanta sports as well. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.